All right, that was Rasputin by Boney M, a little disco tune by request from my guest that we are going to have on again, Mr. Stephen Bass, a man that is only seven years older than me, but I still call dad, a man that is large in charge and fucking terrifying even to this day, and he's not even have authority over me, and I'm still terrified of him. Let me introduce Mr. Stephen Bass. Bass, how are you doing this evening? I I am good, kid. Absolutely. It's um, it's it's funny you say that because it's um, I was actually having this discussion with my mom actually not too, not too long ago, because uh, she did, you know, twenty years, twenty plus years in the Coast Guard, and um, some of the Army shit is rather different than you know a lot of the the day-to-day stuff that she had to go through and and the bullshit that you know mom dealt with mm-hmm. which side note i found out that you know my mom in the coast guard was you know a badass you know uh she did she was in communications and she answered uh sar cases you know so down boats you know planes going down boats going down you know souls in the water you know that's her on that's her on the radio so she's and my dad did the same thing um but uh i found out you know my mom was uh had had a bit of a smart ass streak to her so i think i've i've uh inherited that smart assery (laughs) from her but uh she was very confused i would say very confused but um uh didn't understand the concept of military age time and service versus your actual birthing age if you will and um it's a weird concept man it's because i shit i wasn't much older than a lot of guys and uh since serving with them and stuff like that they've called me a father figure mm-hmm. which you know is you know humbling in its own right you know because it's you want to you want to be a good leader mentor and all that you know coaching jazz if you will (laughs) but uh you know to hear that back you know it it sort of validates you know validates the that you were at one point in time in your career you were a good leader or mentor whatever you were so it's yeah it's it is interesting and and yes i do accept the dad title from you i have (laughs) dadded you up more than once, you know, at work on the softball field, you know, <laughs> it's damn it. You've, <laughs> yeah. I tried you, to hold on to the bat. Okay, died. I really and, fucking and you know tried. You, you did. You did good, kid. You did. <laughs> but uh, you Stop know, throwing it, yeah, the fucking it's, bat. It's you. Uh, yeah, man. It's I've been called dad by quite a few, quite a few guys. And, um, you know, one, one particular kid, you know, I'm quite fond of, I think he's out now, but little chicken wing, he knows who he is. If I can get his ass, I'll get his ass to listen to you. And, you know, chicken wing called me, called me dad for a bit. That was his, uh, platoon sergeant for a while. Um, but yes, that the, the concept of a father figure or a, that male dominant figure, mm-hmm who typically isn't that much older than you are. 
And that's, it's just a weird thing that the army puts, puts guys into and the mentality sticks. And I think it sticks for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, again, you like you and grumpy cat and all of them, you like, for those of you who have grumpy cat. So, so when you say grumpy cat, is that who I'm thinking of? Yes, it is exactly who you're thinking of. Sergeant S. Yes. 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 He's, and then Dirty Mike, you know. Yeah, yeah, Dirty Mike, you know. But I, I would have to say you're you're grumpy cat. You're yes, I I miss the conversations. I would say they weren't conversations between you and him. He was more talking <laughs> at you because you deserved it. But uh I yeah, mean... man. Sarnef or uh, grumpy cat. You know, he was, he was another great wordsmith in, you know, at his, at his level and his talents. I mean, along with, along with Dirty Mike, you know, that was, that was a, that was a rough trio for you guys, <laughs> myself, Dirty Mike, and uh, your grumpy cat. That was, that was a rough trio. And uh, that's, that was probably some of the, you know, my more, my more look back times because of my position as a leader and stuff like that. That was, that was a good time for me. That was, <laughs> it's, yes, absolutely. So for those of you who have listened to the, uh, get a private commercial, um, the one that tells you to go, you know, that he's going to skull fuck you until your eyes pop out. Uh, that was uh grumpy cat. <laughs> yeah. See, he's, he's got a way with words. He's quite, quite a wordsmith. He's very gifted in that. God, he was. Oh, fucking. <laughs> Do burpee long jumps until you fucking die. I was like, oh, I'll get right on that. Let me just go fucking die you know, by burpee. And sitting back from my position, you know, with the metaphorical popcorn and watching this happen from the, from the <laughs> peanut gallery was so magical. It really was. Grumpy Cat was Grumpy Cat was on his game, he, and when he got when we tag teamed you, when it was myself <laughs> and Grumpy Cat, and then you know Dirty Mike got involved. It was such a long day for you fuckers. It was yeah. so enjoyable, from my point of view. Yeah, well, I'm that glad was good that times. I'm glad that you enjoyed it because <laughs> that's what it's about. That's what it. It just warms your heart. Makes it feel, you know, accomplished. That was good. God, I will never want to repeat those days ever again. <laughs> <laughs> or at least not the first, you know, five months. Well, I mean, you got to... Sometimes the hardest thing is getting over that first hour. <laughs> you know, and then you'd be all right. Yeah, but there's another hour that follows it. <laughs> and then another. That's it. That's it. But, you know... I was fair and impartial. You earned everything you got. So you're welcome. <laughs> God. Okay. So when we left off last time, we had our uh, little discussion and uh, Mr. Bass here was telling everyone the stories of his time coming up. We left it off with your first deployment to Afghanistan 
your yeah. second deployment yeah. in the army as a whole. Let's let's get into that. And you know, just preparing everybody else, you know, this is as you mentioned, like Iraq wasn't as bad for you. You just you said that you mainly yeah, just dealt with was, IEDs. And that's and that's not saying and that's I just want to be clear, that's not downplaying anything or any of that bullshit or I mean God you no. Know, it's it's not downplaying it. It's Afghanistan round one for me, my second deployment was you know, when it every you know, some guys talk about it, you know, it was the deployment. That was the deployment. And even when I talk to now in in my job, I uh working range control now, I'm I'm that asshole civilian that you know you can't qualify because you can't hit targets. So um you know, talking to senior leaders who know of the hundred and first uh 11 deployment you know, in RC East, you know, on the Eastern side of Afghanistan, um, that, uh, you know, there's a lot of mutual respect, you know, when you find out that, you know, he was, you know, this guy was on that 10-11 deployment, you know, with a sister unit or, you know, but um, that was a, that was, like I said, it was the deployment. It was that one was the um if you don't dot the I's and cross the T's, you're not coming home deployment. That was the one that tested you. And um as as I will bring up, um my first art at the time would always say, you know, throwing up the hang loose. That beautiful man would always say, combat pay, you know, gotta earn that combat pay. And uh, he was correct. And we did on that one. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think I think I left off around fishbowl um, landing in landing in the fob. Yes. Um, so thinking geographically where we were at, you know, we we're in a valley, you know, so tactically not where you want to be, right? um no no not by any means you know there's not a tactical person that can look at being at the bottom of valley and say yeah that's that's what i want to fight from you know that just that that doesn't make any fucking sense but you know we did it because you know you know it's ready set go um but uh the main fob that everybody was housed out of the one that had the defect the gym you know your higher level of medical facility uh was there um it had a plethora of landing pads for helicopters out at uh bostic mm -hmm. and um so that was the main hub our troop was tasked to man a cop away from the main fob you know a combat outpost um and um it was called uh portal king pk you know pk for short you know because acronyms, because why would why wouldn't you say the whole whole name? Um, and uh, we did also we all manned the OP Barrio Live. So OP BA, you know, up at BA was was you're at a much higher elevation, which much you had more higher mountains around you. So also an ideal location to be on a peak of a mountain in the center of 
to connecting valleys with mountains above you was, you know, hot fun. Um, but uh, Bostic, you know, was obviously named after a soldier who was uh, killed in Afghanistan, uh, an officer. Um, and Pertle King was named after two individuals who were uh, unfortunately killed at OP Bariolai. Um, so it was uh, sort of a sense of pride. You know, now you look back at it and, you know, you say that I was at Pertle King and the people that know what Pertle King is and Bariolai is, you know, it's sort of a sense of pride to, uh, to say those guys' names. Um, but uh, yeah, we showed up um we left the main the main fob and drove our ass out you know the x distance river you know distance it was away from bostic it was it was a good grip it was not close you know we were still within range of uh the 155s um the how the uh, the triple sevens, the big, big boy artillery guns, pull string, go boom kids. Um, we were still in range of them, you know, but you know, nothing else except for uh, helicopter support, you know, the occasional fast movers, you know, a bunch of jets that come in and save our ass and uh, the occasional bombers from the air force that, that uh, saved the day multiple times for us. Um, bone crusher all day, every day. Um, bone crushers is shit just throwing it out there they know who they, they are <laughs> um, but uh, oh also quick shout out to uh, Dude Squadron Dude Squadron was a all female uh, jet squadron and um, hot fun uh, Dude Squadron was fucking on their game and uh, those ladies fucking really fucking laid the hurt on people if we needed it fucking Dude Squadron was was awesome uh we had also unfair you know we had our kiowa and our apache support you know which they were shit hot uh i love kiowas kiowas always got down to dirty you know apaches like to you know they're they're a little higher off the ground their their armament what they carry they can have that that standoff you know but kiowas like to get down to dirty which they did which was magical for us because it helped um, but that, so Pertle King was, if you can imagine, you have a giant river on one side and a single lane road on the other. And it was it just basically a oval, if you will, an oval shaped cop. And that's where we stayed the majority of that deployment. And it's, we ran all of our missions, all of our stuff was ran out of that little, that little, um, dirt clump and when you're sitting there it's everything all the terrain around you is higher than what you are so it was um it was terrifying to look at it um you got used to it and then you knew how to fight it but that first that first initial look at that mountain above you is is sort of not depressing but definitely uh you know disheartening to look up there to see that that shit um 
definitely fucking had a couple moments where you got checked. You know, mm-hmm. we did some, we did some nice walks up a mountain, you know, you know, and like I said, like I said before, my platoon sergeant who was, you know, who was the platoon sergeant, uh, he, uh, and that man was a PT stud, robot legs, run for days. It fucking, he wouldn't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. Um, he got winded. And you knew if, 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 you know, if platoon daddy, if more, if he got winded, you're fucked. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's a bad day. Um, you know, so it's, we showed up and literally within our first, 36 hours, 48 hours, 36, okay, I'll round up. Um, we were already getting fucking direct contact. Um, now, direct contact was, being like, you know, small arms fire, light machine gun fire, like these are yes, actual people yeah. that are coming after you, not just tubes and IEDs and shit. No, 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 no. These are cats um, uh, maneuvering, shifting fires, and doing what they can to to hurt all of us down in this fucking sandbox, this this oval shaped fuck of a fob or a cop. Um, and uh, yeah, we got introduced quick, fast, in a hurry of what life was going to be like at PK. Um, um, but like for some of us there who have not received direct fire you know i was one of them you know i i didn't have that that experience i had i've seen the ids i experienced that um that hopscotch of fuck in iraq um you know you you have that first bit and you don't know what the fuck it is i stand in there like a fucking dumbass and it you know you know it's sort of you know you put popcorn put popcorn in a microwave and, you know, step out of the room, let it pop. And you hear those pops, you know, then you got snaps above you, you know, the rounds traveling, you know, you know, rounds breaking the sound barrier above you, you know, large snap. And that was happening above us. It was just, it was just coming down and, you know, standing there like, what the fuck is, Oh shit, I'm being fired at, you know, you know, time to do the five D's of dodgeball and fucking get out of the way. <laughs> um, that's that's what it was about, man. It's, you know, dip, dodge, dive, duck, and dodge. And, dodge. and um, you know, it's it was, the way we did it was smart. Um, you know, one platoon would be doing a mission cycle you know, you have a platoon uh, doing force protection, which that is force protection is manning towers, you know, you know, keeping local security around the cop, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, you had a platoon up at the mountain on uh, BA. So they were, you had one platoon on the OP, which was significantly further away from PK than, you know, than we would like, but we're there. Um, and, uh, that's how you rotated, you know, whoever was on the mountain was going to stay there for a length of time during that year. Cause there's no point to going up, coming down, going up, coming down. Um, you can only get to BA at night. Um, if you went during the day, daylight hours, uh, it was a very 
high probable chance that you're going to get a helicopter shot down. Damn. So, it, you know, night movement, you know, so that made it simple. So that was easy planning, you know, since we knew that. Uh, and, um, and we, and we just started, started that, uh, that deployment and it started off with a bang. Um, we got immediately, immediately introduced to what location in this valley that we occupied that where was the trusted local populace to where it was a little iffy and the people that, um, you always had to have your guard up, you know, because, you know, getting shot in the back is never fun. Um, and, uh, so taking from, you know, experiences from past units and, you know, local historical, what was going on, our leadership came up with a solid plan. Um, uh, we had, I will say it's that rotation, that troop black horse was amazing. Um, and, uh, it was a great group of guys. Uh, all around all all the platoons fucking black steel our mortar platoon those guys were fucking awesome uh donnie on the steel you know you had brill on the steel you know those cats were fucking amazing you know to the point that they have 120s dialed in on certain target locations to where you scream out a target location and these dudes this mortar team would you know switch do their little dialy thingy on the 120 <laughs> drop a 120 and then you know skadoosh you know bad guy gone you know um <laughs> it played a lot of game of tag you're it um my role in this platoon was uh truck bitch damn right off the bat uh because i had the mounted experience so the uh my platoon sergeant and his knowledge he knew that i could i could understand the uh truck and the vehicle movements better than everybody else who has been light all their career so tag you're it um <laughs> that's what i fucking did so i was in the turret uh for the beginning part of that deployment um i rocked 50 cal i was a 50 cal turret for a while and then uh me and a couple guys got uh because of our i wouldn't even say talents um just because of i guess who we were i don't know um i don't know why i got picked but i was one of the main tow gunners for our uh platoon so you know a uh missile shooting device um i was <laughs> i was in charge of that because I had one guy who was like, yeah, you shot a toe from a Bradley, right? I was like, yeah, check. Yeah, I did that. You know, well, Roger. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. You can shoot a toe from a tripod. It's the same thing. It's just toe. Yeah. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> so, you know, being inside a turret of a Bradley and sending a toe, you know, clunk, gone. Toe's gone. You know, it screams, you know, it's skadoosh. You know, hooray. You know, you sit on a tripod and you're, your ass is sitting on the battery box that's running that that system and you send a tow. Fuck no, it's not the same. <laughs> it's fucking you know, absolutely not. Um so and uh there's a couple of us 
uh, Ranger, he was on it. Um, Beans, you know, he was another one. And then, of course, the platoon sergeant, you know, because that motherfucker was a jack of all trades. Um, and I leaned on now backing up. Okay. I had a, you know, let's circle back to this. I had a corporal in charge of me at the time. Um, and he was well liked in the platoon. Most guys were well liked. There's only a couple mouth breathers. Um, <laughs> Damn. But, uh, um, but he was well liked, but I despised him. I did. I, uh, since even first meeting him, um, didn't respect him a lot and the way he treated me. Um, but I, from, beans and more uh i learned so much from what a good leader is that i was able to lean on those guys and ask questions learn and they and they taught me a lot so those guys really helped me become a uh not just an nco but a smart and a tactical tactically smart person um so it's we do when you're on mission cycle uh you're doing dismounted patrols mounted patrols you know and i was always excited to get down because my dumbass was stuck in a truck so everybody's out you know playing shooty shoot games and here i am in a truck not playing shooty shoot games and um i wanted to get down and play because you know I was the new guy. I was still a newer guy on the uh, in the platoon, and I wanted to assist and I wanted to help, you know, just because I saw the dynamic and and you know the badassery that this fucking platoon was, that you know I I stepped into, um, and I remember a couple months through the deployment, you know, and it's constant, you know, these fuckers knew when to shoot at us. You know, they shot at us during breakfast because they're assholes. And uh, <laughs> they shot at us during dinner every day because, you know, fuck it. You get two hot meals a day. So we're going to shoot at you during those two hot meals a day. You know, those, those, they were clever, you know, clever little fucks. Um, but, uh, you know, a couple months through the deployment, getting a little more familiar with the AO, knowing who to talk to, you know, the, their local police, you know, they had this little border patrol group dudes that were supposed to be legit. Um, and working with the ANA, you know, you know, partners, you know, partners, yeah, it's setting them up for success, mm -hmm. which is difficult at times. Um, but um, I finally got the call or not the call. I, it's not like I got brought up to the big leagues, but I got told, hey, you know, you, you, you're on the ground today. It's like, oh, fuck yeah, baby, let's do it. I'm on the ground. I'm a dismount, you know, so, and then that turned into, you know, let's walk everywhere. Um, so it was a blessing and a curse because, you know, it's mountainous terrain. So if you're going to walk, you know, congratulations, you're walking up something or down something. And it's not, not a low grade. No, mm -mm. it was high grade, <laughs> Very steep. I remember carrying a, I had a machine gun that was larger than a 249 
And um, I was so exhausted. They have a terrorist system that these farmers, these genius fucking Afghan farmers put in uh, a terrorist system where they would, they would have all these farm crops. And I remember being so tired and, and so broke that, and everybody's hopping from terrace to terrace because we're gaining you know, elevations and sight on the battlefield, if you will. And I was so tired that I would just come up to one and I was tall enough that I just rolled my fat ass on top of the next terrace because of the amount of weight I was carrying. I just said, fuck it. I'm ready, set, heave, ho. Do the, you know, you know, one tubby tubby, two <laughs> tubby tubby, three tubby tubby. All right, tubby tubby, take a knee. See where you're at. Yeah, you suck. Um, Jesus. And, um, oh, yeah, bud. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's, that was, that was, the first couple months were super gut punching because um, it came from everywhere, man. It, 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 we had particular points where we knew that attacks were coming and uh, they were very consistent and very, at times, accurate, which was the scary part. Um, and uh, there was a point, and uh, we'll come back to this later, but there's a point. Uh, the 9-2 Easting. Now, I remember this very well, and you all know why eventually, but uh, it's where this road, because we called it California, because, you know, the army, the army is built with uh, simple fucks. You know, we're not very creative, so, <laughs> you know, was our road. And it was a one-lane road, you know, because we're in the mountains, and why the fuck, you know, there's no way you can build a two-lane. It'd be a little difficult. And uh, the night to thing was around a point to where the road lined up with the river. So the road would come down and sort of hug the river. And this, the Kunar River is uh, not small. Uh, it has a decent current. And at places, it, um, I was told at places it's deeper than 40 feet. Damn. So deep enough to if it sucks in a vehicle that's getting rolled over you're getting sucked in so you know it's you're playing those games um and uh, you found that out the hard way um a good buddy of mine uh i'm going to bring him up quite a bit you know there's a couple guys i'll bring up uh doc doc hutch um a fucking i love that man uh, he was our medic, and our our medic was a uh, superb individual. And um, shout out to him for being a first time father. Um, uh, him and his lady, you know, they 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 welcomed their first uh, recently. So, you know, that's you know good for him. He's he is great people, and I he deserves nothing but success in his music career. Nice. Um, and uh, the other guy I'll talk about quite a bit is uh, call him uh, Clarky. So Clarky was uh, a fun, a fun, joyful individual. <laughs> um, he got he got harassed a bit, just like all of us. But you know, you know, we all <laughs> earned our place. And then um, last but not least, uh, Macha. Uh, uh, basically, my he was my battle buddy. Um, Macho was my, like I said, battle buddy. We were, you know, two peas in a pod, if you will. 
we were buds, you know, sing the Battle Buddy song, you know, Battle Buddy, <laughs> you're the one. You make war times so much fun. <laughs> That's beautiful. Battle Buddy, you're the one. Yeah, it's, it, it's you know, uh, I love that man so much. And uh, um, uh, also mentioned uh, Tyler Bear um, a couple times because we all played a key role you know, on a, uh, on a faithful day. And, uh, but we're, we're at a, um, uh, we're at a, uh, it's a local police station and they grow corn because why not Afghanistan corn? That's one of their crops. Sure. And mm. corn, corn stocks are large. And they don't, the crops don't burn very well because they flood their fields. So if you try to throw an incendiary grenade in there, which has been done, um, <laughs> doesn't burn very well. Sort of fizzles and super disappointment comes across. But uh, Clarkie was up in, uh, he was the platoon sergeant's gunner and he had an LRES. It's just basically, it's a large green box that you can fucking see from basically binoculars on steroids um and the lrs the the lrs saved his life um he took i don't know uh five or six rounds in that lrs uh from the opposite side um uh, we got heavy contact uh coming across you know and i'm throwing 50 you know in a blind cornfield because it's direction this way and that truck got lit the fuck up and um clarky uh you know understood the five d's of dodgeball and um and uh that lres sucked up oh so many of them fucking rounds and um was able to save him for a little bit and uh before he was able to maneuver the turret around and um but that's the type of shit we dealt with it, you're driving through uh, cornfields and you get hit from a cornfield. You don't know where this fucker is. Um, there was another guy, uh, same truck, I believe, the Ford truck, the platoon sergeant truck. He, uh, they had an RPG skip off the hood. Damn. Um, and the only time that they saw the RPG come out was when that motherfucker squirted out of the uh the cornfield said what's up and fucking just kept kept trucking and you don't know how deep that came from you know was he 100 meters in is this fucker at the edge of the road is he you know 300 meters in and he got a lucky shot off you know you don't know it's just that rocket came through you know said what's up and kept trucking um my truck uh i was a gunner um and I know my wife hates this video because I had a helmet cam on and I caught it on video. Um, we were in process of dragging another vehicle out of the road so we can go through and an RPG hit at the base of the road right under our vehicle. You know, it, and it happened behind me. So I'm looking my appointed direction, you know, through this crop of corn that you know i absolutely despise now um and i still have a slight hatred for looking at fields of corn 
um, just because fuck corn. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the corn comes alive, man. About, you know, children of corn, that, don't, that shit don't lie. Cornfields come alive. Um, and uh, that fucking RPG hit the, bo- the base of the fucking road. It just missed us. Um, you know, some guys weren't so lucky um, with that. Um, let a truck take a RPG to the front and uh vehicle was completely gone. It, it lost all control, straight impact into the vehicle. And um vehicle was disabled. It was gone. So, you know, now you got to tow this fucking vehicle out of the, the point of contact, this X that was created. And uh, looking after after the aftermath of this thing, the RPG got deflected by the diesel the diesel turbo fan or whatever the fuck it is you know mechanics no i don't it fucking goes <laughs> you know it goes whoosh when you fuckers press on your gas and it it hit that when it blew through the hood and uh, took a left and it didn't keep going straight um you know and it's that was when you were on mission cycle that's the shit that you were dealing with you know we had switchbacks to where you take a switchback, which a switchback is just a hard turn of the road to gain elevation uh, because it's easier to create a diag or a, a zigzag effect, if you will, up a mountain than doing a straight road. And we hit switchbacks, and that was a known location for these guys to set up an ambush because if you got these large uh, military vehicles, you know, these MRAPs and these RGs that suck up so much territory that they can't maneuver. So you try to turn one of those vehicles around and you're doing an 80 point turn and you're getting contact. You know, it, you know, shit's landing around you, you know, rockets are going above you. You know, you're trying to figure out which way it's fucking coming. You know, there's a bunch of hooping and hollering and um, this, they knew they knew what they were doing and it was very clear that um but when you're on force pro you know doing the local fob local security your ass is sitting in a tower and that can be mind-numbing as fuck because <laughs> you're sitting there you're looking at this mountain you know i'm from alaska man i love mountains i do but i'm looking at this mountain and you know, I'm just fuck this mountain. Fuck that ridge. I got shot at. They shot me from they, they shot at me from over there. You know, you're just sitting there and you're waiting, if you will, to defend the cop. So ultimately that means you're waiting to get shot at. And um they these these group of dudes, you know, the uh, they knew what they were doing. They knew they had a, a trail system in the back of these mountains that was, you know, you throw a bowl of spaghetti down and you have all these noodles going everywhere. That was their trail system. It was just this massive, you know, spider web effect of trail. Mm-hmm. Um, and they used the fuck out of these things. Um, so one, my one time I would say my first brush with death was in a BP. 
on this deployment. And I'm sitting there and my commander, you know, back black, back blast six, you know, because if you shoot a rocket, a shoulder fire rocket too close to something, you catch the back blast, which, you know, it may or may not have happened. Um, he was up there and, and we're shooting the shit because he's, you know, you know, slider hit the fucking was checking on his boys. You know, our commander wanted to make sure we were straight. You know, he was, he was doing his CO gig. He's a fucking solid human being. He's fucking a good O, a really good officer. Um, he was up there bullshitting with me. And then we had this Minnesota National Guard uh, fuck with us. <laughs> and uh, I had it on helmet cam. I got to find it because if I find it, I'll play it for you, kid. Um, they were using a 14.5 millimeter rifle to to lay accurate fire on us and they've been shooting at us for a while sort of zeroing in on where they want to hit and as my co is in there we're sitting there we're bullshitting actually he wasn't in there yet i believe he might have been uh the first round impacts the hesco which is basically a burlap sap with chicken fence around it filled with dirt Okay. So I'm sitting, I'm sitting behind this Hesco wall, this Hesco barrier, and that round lands at the Hesco cube where I'm sitting. So smack, huge impact, dirt flies, you know, the, you know, and everybody, you know, oh shit, you know, kind of hits, you know, I'm, I'm up there, I'm like, fuck, here we go. You know, I get down because this is accurate fire. You know, he is targeting my dumbass, and he got his first shot. I would say he was about three feet off. Jesus. So high fives all around. Oh, it gets better, bud. There's more. All right. So now CO is up here. Um, so I think the CO came in after the contact because he, you know, obviously that round came close, making sure, you know, I'm alive and I just didn't catch this fucking, this, you could, it, 14.5 is equivalent of a 50 cal. You know, it's a little, there's differences, but it's about the size of a 50 cal. Okay. Um, that, you know, I didn't catch this round to the face. Um, so um, we're talking. Now I'm standing, uh, I'm standing left about arm's length away. You know, so a couple feet away from me. And the next round goes between myself and the CO. Um, and it impacts. And on my helmet cam, I have it. You can hear the gunshot, the whiz and snap of the bullet flying, and the impact of it hitting the wall behind me. I think you've shown and me this one. I might have. Um, I can't find it now. I think that the laptop I had it on took a shit. But... Uh, and everybody in the BP did the per proverbial, you know, oh, fuck. And everybody dove, um, found out that one of our ASAP batteries, you know, had swallowed this round because it, it was up on the top of the, the wall behind me. That's what stopped the round. Um, so that was, I, had, I took a picture with it. Um, 
and that was 16 inches under under 20 inches away from myself um and it was about at forehead bridge of nose height uh so that was and i think that was his second round that this dude sent so he's just um, dialing it in so he's so he's got this bp and this bp faced this direction he's got this bp fucking on lock you know and i can't it's it's hard to do something in that in that moment because if you get up if you move the chances of him adjusting fire from a unknown location are extremely high so he's already demonstrated that he can pinpoint his accuracy to fit the window of this BP. Um, so that was that was my first big brush of uh, death, if you will, of, of you know almost you know biting bullet uh, on that deployment. Um, the next time. I was not, I was not targeted. Uh, my LT was, because uh, they were gathered around. We had a reporter dude with us, and he was sort of doing the, you know, the. Let's walk around with the troops for a little bit in Afghanistan. Let's see how the troops are doing. That that type of bullshit. Okay. And um, so myself and ranger this other cat who it's not ranger qualified but his nickname was ranger um we're walking and we're doing uh outer security and we're dismounted and there's a loud thud boom and then all we hear is screaming so rpg had been sent towards towards our dismounts and we're on the mountain you know we're separated a little bit and this rocket had hit the ground and split in two pieces. One piece hit my LT. The other piece hit the reporter. Um, and our fister was, it was a circle of dudes talking to locals. You know, they were talking to the villagers that, that were there. You know, the Afghans, the Afghans bailed. You know, so they, they luckily were not in a crossfire. Um, so my LT, who was a Ranger tab, I, I will admit this because, you know, the tab saved him. He took the warhead, if you will, the head of this rocket to the forearm and didn't break anything. The safety pin on the RPG was not disengaged. Um, so... It didn't go boom when it hit the ground, which if it would have, uh, it would have been easily uh, a bad day for four for Americans. Um, and the fins, which, you know, are not, you know, made by any light material. It's, you know, aluminum and or steel, whatever the fuck they make that shit out of, right. hit the reporter, hit the reporter in the face. And it it hurt him bad. 
And if you go to Kiss by the Taliban, um, fuck, what did he rename it to? Uh, his name is Carmen Gentile. And he's done stories on this. He's got on to CBS or Good Morning America, whatever the fuck it was. Um, he's got a book out. So um, look him up. And if you guys think that story is interesting, snag his book up. And that dude, he's a combat journalist who earned the title of combat journalist that day. And if you go to YouTube, you can look up a uh, reporter gets hit with RPG. And in the beginning video, you will see myself with out of Reg's hair smoking a cigarette during the mission brief for this mission that we were doing and uh, that video is his video on his camera that was still recording even after the impact um so it it crushed a lot of bones in his face he had numerous surgeries um i think he was able to save the eye I know he does wear an eye patch most of the time, I think because of the sensitivity. Mm -hmm. um, he has a crescent moon scar that's that, that really sticks out now on the side of his face because of this. Uh, and that was, and for myself, it, I hate it because, you know, and, and I got upset, you know, and me and Ranger got off the mountain. We got, you know, load it up so we can get these two back, you know, and make sure they were fine. And uh, the Fister down there at the time, you know, the uh, he was he was good. He was rattled, shaken. Uh, I believe he was thrown to the ground, which makes sense. Uh, but he he came out of that unscathed. Uh, so it's and a lot of this deployment was you can't. I don't associate it to act of God. I know a lot of people will, a lot of guys that are, are very religious will, um, but it's, and it's nothing against that, but it's, it's war. It, that's, that's the only way that I can really describe the shit that happened was it, it's just war. This, this happens in combat. You know, there's, I've met, I've met an individual who, we replaced who took a round in his Kevlar. It went into his earpiece, took a ride around the back of his helmet and blew out the opposite earpiece. You know, and there's stories of individuals who weren't lucky taking rounds in the helmet. And this guy came out with a little burn mark on the back of his head and that's it. Uh, so yeah, that was that that was that incident. Um, uh, our platoon going through the deployment, you know, we get our shift, if you will, up at BA, up in the OP, uh, which had its own difficulties because you're up there and you only get resupplied once a month. You know, just like everywhere in the valley, you only get one, resupplied once a month. Uh, so resupply missions were a hassle because you had to guard them because this 30 vehicle motorcade would collect so much bullets through the valley. 
like it, it looked like a cartoon because you have a fuel truck who's driven by a local national. You know, it, an Afghan was driving this. You know, we were paying him to drive us fuel, and rounds would go through his fuel tank multiple times. So this poor fucker is driving down a road with the fuel truck strapped to his fucking truck or fuel fuel uh, tank, and it has holes on either side because you know entrance and exit you know and fuel is spilling out like a fucking cartoon from both sides it and as you're watching from the op and you see this happening you're looking and you're like what the fuck you're just looking you're like why what no that's not good and you see the the trail of fuel that's that's now saturating you know the road that they're driving on you're like well I guess we're not getting that much fuel this month. <laughs> um, so that's, and that's how you got to look at it, man. It's, it's, you know, where's the silver lining, you know, where's the funny side of it? Cause that's what, that's what gets you through those bullshit moments. Um, I'm, I'm just thinking back to, um, to, to our days at Campbell when we'd spill fuel and then we'd have to dig up like 10 feet of fucking dirt. No shit. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm just imagining oh my God. Like looking at that and being God, like, oh. "God forbid, environmental <laughs> gets involved in any of that." Um, Did have that but, problem in Afghanistan? I guess. <laughs> absolutely not. No, but that's not. That's that's not that's not us. Um, so it, we had some scary moments on the mountain where we're at Bariolai. Uh, we had a system to where we can hear radio traffic, not only from ourselves but from them. And we get radio traffic that uh, they can see, they can see the individual in the tower. So, and we're talking, you know, one, two o'clock in the morning, and these assholes are talking about, "Hey, I'm sneaking up." Jesus. And this this OP was a historical runover site. Uh, it, it's already been previously run over and captured by the enemy, so they know how to attack this OP successfully um so when that happens it's all hands on deck whether it doesn't matter what shift you're on if you're morning night or a midday guy you know it it, get the fuck up bud it's all hands on deck you know and it got to a point to where uh we had claymores which are an explosive device for people uh, that have BBs, you know, you click, click, boom, and BBs with explosive kinetic force get shot towards the bad guys, and bad guys are uh, no more. We would go check claymores. <laughs> we would check claymores, and the claymores have been picked up and turned around and faced the tower or the, the guard shack, if you will. That's so, fucked. Yeah, and yes, it, a lot of mental. A lot of mental fuck games happened. Um, and and that, that's the stuff that you got used to. You got used to doing checks. Uh, there was a, we had one real bad incident at night to where it was 100% up. And we just, we had to start tossing grenades out because uh, the system they used to track these radios would give you an estimated distance that they were away from you. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's not precise, you know, because it's made by the government, but <laughs> it got you in the ballpark. And the distance came up 10. Whoa. Which, me- which means 10 meters away from a location. It was like 10. It might have been a little more. I might have been exaggerating a little bit, but it was it was Close. a distance that it, it was the distance that equaled inside the seawire. So that's when you take your grenades and you start throwing them. And it was all around this OP, ready, set, and go boom. And it's just start chucking grenades. Um, every day, I would say almost every day we were on the OP, we got shot at. And you were not allowed to go out during daylight. Because if you went out on daylight, you're going to get shot at. Uh, and it was only night movement if you had to go outside anywhere. So one poor incident, Clarky was stuck in the shitter, which was a wooden box. And the shitter was offset from where the main OP was. And we're getting shot at. So you can't leave the shitter because if you do, you're in open ground. You know, so if, if you got to, you know, do the business, you know, you got to do the, uh, all right, take the shit, let's go. You know, and um, and he got caught in the box during contact. And we may or may not have forgot that he was in there. <laughs> so when the contact was over, you know, you do the check, you know, you know, everybody checks in, you know, you do your, you know, you know, anybody hit, you know, go through your standard things, weapons up, you know, systems up, you know, make sure everything's straight, uh, that nothing was damaged. And uh, you just hear yelling. You know, really, what the fuck is that? Well, like, this sounds like, this sounds like Clarky. And Clarky, you know, peering out of the, the door of the shitter, can I come out? What the fuck? We're like, oh shit, we were supposed to pro- <laughs> provide cover for this dude. And he's taking a shit. We're like, yeah, could, come on back in, man. You know, it's, you know, oops. You know, so that was, that was not a fun experience for him, I bet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, so we do, we do the mountain rotation. And that was uh, as, as advertised, you know, with being a historical overrun site, you know, constant, constant contact, uh, we did have some great moments. You know, there was an exciting moment for the platoon on Thanksgiving uh, involving a, a tow missile. Ooh. Um, and, uh, you know, so we, were, we had some victories, some, some, some small victories, you know, up in the mountain. But we also had some hard, some hard times. Uh, we, a sister platoon was rolling out on mission and we watched them get hit. And uh, they got rippled fired by RPGs. And the truck took two RPGs, I think, uh, that impacted inside the vehicle and uh, tore a couple dudes up. You know, there was no, luckily, there was no casualties. But, you know, it's eerie and terrifying to watch that happen knowing you can't do anything. Um, that happened and and there was a for the guys who know what it is 
you know the salmon run for the squadron, mm-hmm. correct? Yes. So that this uh, salmon's hero flight, uh, his hero flight came by while we were at the mountain. You know, the helicopters flew by, which that was extremely hard to watch because you knew exactly what was going on in that helicopter. Um, so that was very, that was a, not a positive moment for morale. Um, but because of the leadership we had, we were set up beautifully. You know, we had such a strong core leaders. Um, it was at this moment uh, or at this time on the mountain that the corporal who's now an NCO that I despise, uh, we'll just call him, uh, FG, FGT. Mm-hmm. So the guys in the platoon know what that means, but FGT, uh, was leaving, uh, for one reason or another. Um, uh, I didn't listen to the excuses because I thought that was a dick move that he's taking an option to leave this environment to take a safer one um, and had a discussion between him and my section leader at the time who will just he was an open mouth breather we'll just <laughs> you know he's he was a hard individual to take orders from because of how poor of a leader he was at times um he was he was one of the few weak individuals we had in the platoon um and they were discussing it and i was going to step up and be the next team leader because he's leaving and as he's leaving he's having a talk which i still remember to this day because nothing angers me more than remembering this is he told me that he doesn't trust me with taking his team and that i better do my job as this as this motherfucker has taken the easy road out you know so i didn't care about the excuse or the reason why but in my eyes he's taken the easy road out fuck this dude and then he just said that to me so then became the time to learn to be a boss um and you guys know you had to earn the right to teach people Mm -hmm. right I, that's how I that's how I taught you guys because that's how I had to do it. I had to earn the right to to teach and lead, which beans and more were brutally excellent at teaching me. Uh, so every time I fucked up or I forgot something or I didn't know something, these two let me know in the most drastic measure you could think of they were very they were wordsmiths so they can cut you down with a couple fucking you know adjectives if you will and uh so i had to to earn that so uh, before we got down off the mountain i finally felt i earned the right to be a team leader so we get off the mountain and it's our time we're done and we're back on the fob now, mind you, our first sergeant during this deployment was a 
is still is a fucking great man. True leader. One guy that if he ever, if he ever said, Hey, come on down here, man, I need some help. Like I'm fucking out. I'm coming boss. This first Sergeant was amazing. We'll call him, you know, he, he was the marble man. We'll call him the marble <laughs> man because that's what he looked like. He looked very stoic, you know, like the old marble billboards with this cowboy, you know, you know, with his chest up, you know, just looking out, smoking a marble. Yeah, that that's what this man looked like. He looked, he looked like a fucking leader of men. Right. Uh, and so. Oh no! I was just saying, right? The type of guys you know that just have that yes. you know, leadership. Look. He, and and that's what and that's what he was, man. He was, he was a fucking awesome first art to learn from, and to get the experience of going through that deployment working for. He goes out on a dismount mission with us because first art got bored sitting in the talk, Jesus. and he said, "Fuck that shit! I'm coming out with you." Now, mind you, this is the first dismounted mission that team leader base is in charge of. So I'm now the point man of the platoon. I had to come up with the primary and alternate routes and possible tertiary routes if I had to. You know, they wanted me to know the most likely and least likely areas that we could get shot at and or blown up. And... So I so super intense and stressful moment in your career then. So it it was um but it was the it's what I needed and which is fucked up as it sounds. It's and 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 you'll understand why after I tell it, but it's it was a it was a turning point in my career of wanting to be a leader. Okay. So, and mind you, this is, and this, in our platoon, we nicknamed this day the St. Patty's Day Massacre. Fuck. Now, nobody was killed and hurt. So just remember that when I tell this story. We are dismounting to a small town outside of our cop, and it's about 900-ish meters away. So getting out there, doing the dismount thing, you know, blarty, blarty, blar, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Afghan want this. Americans want that. Or it's usually Afghans want this. Americans, uh, no. <laughs> or you got to do this or you failed to do this. So no. And it was one of those. And it started off bad to where the bad guys in the valley, you know, the team in they had stolen cattle from this village cattle goats whatever the fucking livestock we show up to the village and it's full of cattle and livestock so you know it there's a point and, and it gets brought up a lot to where you know something's going to happen mm-hmm. there's a moment and i can't describe it and and a lot of people have talked about it you know you can listen to a lot of you know, uh, team guys, you know, long tabbers, you know, talk about this, you know, guys that do 
the combat thing on a daily basis and professionally. There is a moment before shit hits the fan to where it's quiet. Calm before the storm type thing. And it's it is calm before the storm, but it's almost like everything around you hit pause. And it's just dead silent. So it's calm before the storm, but it's the world went stop. So we're leaving this town. And my boy Clarky, who was the saw gunner, is to my right because I put out the order and I was super proud. Stagger column, you know, <laughs> get your spacings. You know, I'm point man. You listen to me now. Um, so we're walking out and I got my boy, my boy Donnie, Donnie V behind me, uh, who I love, love to death. This, he was chubbier than I was and shorter. So this will make, so when he comes up in this, in this incident, it gets funny because he's chubby and shorter than I am. So we're walking and Clark is to my right. He's across the road for a spread out and everything went fucking pause. And then a Dishka and or RPK or our, the Russian automatic machine gun. Mm-hmm went off and it sent rounds and it cut in half the platoon and it went in between me and Clarky. You know, you can watch these little bullets fucking dance, just boop, 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 just going across and cut us in half. So me and Clark turned to each other. We yelled contact. And I yelled at my team, which uh, trickle effect towards the entire platoon to shift left, which is closer to the mountain for protection. And we, so we shift, which is, you know, the order didn't even, I didn't need to do that because that's the only place you should go. Mm-hmm. Um, so a couple people didn't. Um, so we're taking heavy contact from the front, machine gun fire, accurate machine gun, machine gun fire from the front. And then a machine gun team opens up on the rear of the element. And now, because we were at a apex of a turn, the platoon is now cut off from the front half to the back half. So now there is separation, large separation between the dismounts. So tried to diagnose the battle, you know, trying to get everything straight. And we look over and we see Ping, who at one point in time was the most highly decorated PFC in the Valley. (laughs) So Ping, he earned two Purple Hearts in a single month. And he's a sweet, gentle giant of a man, but he is a giant of a man. And both by the and both injuries he sustained was a Forrest Gump million dollar wound, but he didn't receive any of the any of the money. <laughs> um, so it, when this motherfucker got hit by his first IED, he headbutted the weapon system in front of him, or I should say, the weapon system came to him, if you will, um, and it smacked him in the face, and he got he got fucked up from that. 
So you have to read off your battle roster number, which is the number that you go by. Uh, so you're not blurting out the name of the individual that was hurt, was a WIA. And we hear his battle roster get called, this um, his first IED. And uh, so we're all thinking the worst. We're like, fuck, you know? And he steps out of the vehicle after getting rendered aid without his helmet on. And he's got a fucking white bandage going across his goddamn forehead. Like you see in the goddamn war movies with this fucking little pinkish ball where he's bleeding at his eyebrow. So that was his first Purple Heart. We're like, what the fuck? And he's out there, you know, hey guys, waving <laughs> to us, you know, hey. We're like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> so, but that's pain. And he trips and falls and then rolls his ass the wrong direction on the side of the road. And so we're diagnosing everything. And uh, I look over to my right and I see a couple, you know, like the whack-a-mole game, if you will, of helmets pop up and down from that side of the road. And it's the ANA. And, so, and I look over and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? So these um, Afghan army individuals are just, you know, <laughs> boop, boop, up, down, up, down, up, down. There's about five of them literally playing whack-a-mole fucking going up and down. It's like, are you fucking, this is, this is a joke. This isn't happening. And then my first sergeant who's with them pops up on that side. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> top. We're like, top. And he screams back, combat pay, baby. Throwing up the hang loose signs. <laughs> rounds. Cr- <laughs> Another burst of rounds comes cracking over the road. Fucking top drops. I'm like, what the fuck did I just watch? It's like, there is no way that just fucking happened. Then he popped back up. You know, he's just like, yeah, get him. And then gets back down. It's like, what the fuck, dude? It's like, top, sit down. <laughs> so, Beans, Sorry. So Beans uh, runs up and, and we're now doing the telephone game. You know, what's going on? You know, radioing what's going on. And this is all happening within 20 seconds of initial contact this is extremely quick uh and uh donnie v is looking through his uh acog the sight on his on his rifle and he could see individuals maneuvering so that's bad for people who don't know that that's not good when the enemy is picking up and gaining uh a better terrain to shoot at you from so and i had a 40 mic mic uh handheld device so and i carried a 40 mic mic belt and i proceeded to dump 40 mic mic rounds in that direction uh (laughs) constantly so many thump thumps went and clarky beautiful i've never heard it called thump thumps clarky who's the the saw gunner you know, we had a moment, you know, a very sentimental moment to where if you know this scene from Black Hawk Down where the 60 gunner is shooting and it, it causes his buddy to go deaf. Oh, you know, you know, don't shoot anymore. You know, you know and then he's, you know, blasting again. He's just like mop, mop, 
bomb because the motherfucker's deaf because the gun's loud because you know when it goes boom at a cyclic rate it hurts if uh clerky decides to dump his ammo can or i should say nutsack the little <laughs> sack of ammunition next to my right ear so he's going cyclic i'm going thump thump and you know we're, we're trying to stop the fire from the front so we can leave we have to get out of the X and I'm yelling to Clark to go. And there's a perfect boulder. that was literally like just carved and just, just fell off the mountain in a perfect manner to where a soldier, the size of Clark could lay on top of and take cover and send hate and discontent towards the enemy. So oh, I'm yelling yeah. at him, you know, go to the rock, go to the rock. And apparently, because we talked about it afterwards, because neither one of us could hear, he was telling me he's going to go to that rock. <laughs> so we're both pointing and yelling at the same rock. And we're not hearing anything except for, you know, <laughs> so, so, so he, you know, we finally get on that mental wavelength and telepathically tell each other that, you know, that's where he's going. So he jumps, boom, you know, and I, I start unloading the the ammunition I was carrying for him and his ammunition so he can continue to rain hate and discontent in front of us. Start communicating, you know, with the rear of the element and we start like, hey, ready, set, we're going to move. And I told him, I was like, hey, we'll provide cover. You know, I was like, we're locked in here because we're in a good spot. Granted, Donnie V leans over from where he was taking cover from and a round hit above him and I, you know, did one of those grab, push, roll, move, you know, please don't get hit uh, moments. You know, so Donny V is collecting, collecting fire. Clark is collecting fire. And my big ass is collecting fire because I'm a large fucking individual who's standing up. And uh, so now we're bounding by section. So the back half is now going to leapfrog. And we will continue to leapfrog front half, back half until we get back home, which is 900 meters. Damn. So um, we are up shit creek without a paddle. So it's ready, set, go, run. So the rear section gets it and they book in front of us and then they get set and then we pick up, ready, set, go. You know, hup, 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 boom, go. And calling in for assistance, need mortars. Uh, we had a CO replace uh, the original commander. Uh, and this commanding officer did not want to allow 120s to be sent because it was danger close. So there was only one round of 120s shot while we were maneuvering. And he would not allow the BPs to fire and engage with 50 cal, which they were in range, because he didn't want friendly fire. So we received very minimal 120 support, mortar support, no heavy weapon support. And the QRF was just about to SP. And mind you, this is, I would say maybe as we're moving, maybe 10 minutes, maybe eight minutes. Not a lot of time has passed. Mm-hmm. But it, but it felt like an eternity. And 
we make it all the way down and we make it to the wire and we all do this Mogadishu mile fucking mad dash to get inside our cop and we all make it. Uh, and we collected contact the entire time. You know, the QRF truck showed up with their 50 cows. You know, our sister platoon came in, saved our ass probably because, you know, big trucks carry big guns and and their guns are bigger than ours. And uh, we made it through. We made it back with the assistance and the mortar team still shot around any, still shot a couple of rounds anyways, despite what the commander was, you know, his guidance was because, you know, fuck you get bent boys are in contact you know and our our mortar team and our mortar section during that deployment was the best i have ever seen uh they were they were magical and surgical with the mortar systems so we all get back and we're all and everything's fine so i do my job and i'm at the gate you know i'm i'm at the gate counting heads you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, check, 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 check. Beans goes by or teams go by, you know, and we all go by and we all make it in, you know, first sergeant comes in, you know, you know, slaps me in the chest, you know, good job, bud, you know, type of thing, you know, you did well today. And uh, my platoon sergeant's like, good job, you know, let's get the fuck in here. You know, I'm the last man, not you, because, you know, Moore was a beautiful man in that aspect. We got in and we all stop and sit down where we, you know, our smoke shack. And dudes are falling asleep after this with cigarettes in their hands, cigarettes in their mouth. Like we just, we came down and our first art was with us. Um, and he came down, sat down. And we all just slowly started falling asleep because the amount of adrenaline that has been produced in our body, you know, and everybody was coming down off that natural high that everybody started collapsing. Everybody was done, like physically exhausted. And I think it was about a 30 to 40 minute experience that felt like an eternity, but nobody was hurt. So it's it's one of those things that it's it, I'll go back to it. I know a lot of people it's act of God, you know, and everything like that, but it's just war. You know, you can't explain it. You know, I've talked to other other senior guys from that deployment and it's you can't explain it. Uh it's that was a a long run back and a terrifying run back. Oh, I did leave out Donnie V. Donnie V, this shorter, chubbier guy, as we're running. And now, mind you, I'm in shape because, you know, malnutrition from being on deployment does that to people. <laughs> um, so, so I'm able to giddy up a little faster. Donnie V, during one of our bounds, ends up getting in front of me because of reasons. <laughs> So we went through a whole bound where I'm at Donnie B's speed versus my speed. So I started hopping and kicking him in the ass, telling him <laughs> to hurry the fuck up because I didn't want to get my ass shot off. So I had to throw that in there. You know, I love you, Donnie B. But uh, yeah, your boy's slower than me, which has saying something. 
<laughs> but going back to you know our platoon sergeant and first sergeant, you know they that was the validation of you made the right choice. You know, with that was to me that was I don't ever not want to make the right choice. You know, I, I saw success today, but I don't want to see failure tomorrow. So that that drive is what kept me going as an NCO. And that 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 idea of must have success not only today but tomorrow. Um so that was St. Patty's Day. That was on St. Patrick's Day. Jeez. Um, so St. Patrick's Day is never the same for me anymore because I always remember those funny moments. Because all that shit's funny now. <laughs> you know, with the fucking bobbing heads and fucking combat pay. You know, fucking hang loose sign from first aren't fucking kicking Donnie Vega in the ass cheek. Getting my fucking eardrums blown out by my fucking buddy. Yeah, it's all magical moments. Um so fast forward about a, a month, not even a month. Um, and it is March 31st and we just got done with the mission and we're coming back on a truck and I'm in the platoon sergeant's truck this time because I'm a dismount. What's up team leader? <sighs> yay. Yay. You know, yay, and my, yay. And Clarky is in the gun. Uh, Tyler Bear was driving. Platoon Daddy, you know, Moore was in the TCC. Doc Hutch was in his his seat. And I was sitting in a seat next to a radio mount. And we had our, and Camacho, Macha was sitting in the back of the vehicle. And our interpreter was sitting between uh, not interpreter, I'm sorry, our linguist, that is the correct term. Mm. Uh, uh, and it's at night and super dark, super ready to go home, smoke a cigarette and fucking just, you know, I don't know, fucking just crash. And I see a white flash. And then I wake up inside a standing vehicle and our truck had got hit by an IED and the IED broke the panel for the Mark 19 that Clarky was on and the Mark 19 smacked Clarky in the face, split his head open. Uh, Clarky was in his gunner seat or he was strapped in and he was buckled in, which if he wasn't, he would have been thrown into the Kunar River. Uh, and this happened at the point to where the road meets the river around the 9-2 easting that I talked about earlier. So their goal was to launch this American vehicle into the river. Which if they would have done that, that's fucking total. That's it. That's that's done, done. That's the whole crew, uh, the whole truck gone. Uh, easy. And the it was a long battle bus, RG-31. And the front end was completely blown off. So the, I think the only thing they found in the transmission they said was a couple gears. Jesus Christ. Um, and our vehicle, because we're sitting next to the river, so it's soft river soil, you know, and our vehicle gets blown vertically and settles 
vertically. So this battle bus is now sitting on its ass, standing straight up in the air. And the gunner, who is in the crouch system, which is basically a gun with a camera on it, said he spun his spun his gun around to the rear because we were in the rear vehicle. And he said through the dust, he was not able to comprehend and mentally put together what was happening because of the image he saw, oh, excuse me, the image he saw on the screen. So um, our vehicle was straight up. I, I do not remember anything after a white flash. I do remember bits and pieces, sort of like a snapshot or like a photo book, if you will, flipping through photos, mm-hmm. um, some images, uh, but I do not remember a lot. I was I was in my seatbelt, so I you know was doing the right thing. When the vehicle went boom, Tyler Bear and Moore had compressed spines. Uh, they were both hurt. I remember yelling for Tyler Bear, uh, and then I I must have passed out because I don't remember anything after that because I was pulled out of the vehicle. Camacho was pulled out of the vehicle, and Camacho is the only unlucky one to not get knocked out and was awake the entire ride. Um, we had Mark 19 cans, which you know how heavy those fuckers are. Yeah. And there's, these are the big boxes, the big box of Mark 19 cans, and they're double stacked. Mm. And they had the ratchet strap that was holding them down had broke through the kinetic force and landed on top of the bottom half of our medic of Doc Hutch. And he was unresponsive. Um, they got Hutch out because his his troop door on top of the vehicle was open. Uh, he did not have his seatbelt on. So that saved his life. It went boom. Hutch butt picks gravitated off the seat. His head hit the top of the troop hatch, which was open. And everything landed on his bottom half. He was wearing his seatbelt and he was doing the right thing. He probably would have been killed. Fuck. Um, so apparently I was pulling security. I, I pulled security and then apparently I was also walking around the blast crater. Um, I was on autopilot. I don't know. I, I don't know. I just, this is what I'm being told. Um, and apparently, because uh, my left arm was fucked up, it had become dislocated, and the arm, the the head of the arm went to a location of the body where it doesn't belong, uh, which was along the uh, shoulder blade. Fucking um, hell. So, and my body, my left side of my body became one with the radio mount. So, you know, my knee my hip, my ankle, all on the left side and my shoulder all became one, you know, you know, same, same, not same with the radio mount. Uh, so I was 
the left side of my body was fuckered up. And apparently I was walking around the blast site. I don't know. I was walking around talking to people. I, this is what I'm told. Who fucking knows what my dumbass was doing? And they put me in a truck and they bring us back. I don't know how long it was. I don't know. But I know we made it back to Pertle King. At Pertle King, uh, apparently I was sitting in a seat in the aid station. And our PA, who our PA was a brilliant man. And he's still, he's, he's, such, he's such a great PA. He was, he, he helped us out so much and he's doing, um, he, he's doing work on, on Hutch. Uh, Tyler Bear was hurt, couldn't move very much. Uh, I remember he was the first one to be on the litter. Uh, Moore was on a litter. Uh, Clarky, myself, and Macho were not in the litter. And Doc was on a litter. And uh, Clarky had split his head uh, to the point to where you could see the white of his skull. Uh, so he got a good, you know, uh, head injury. Hutch was still unconscious. And we went back. And they're treating us and stuff like that. So our PA, who is a brilliant, he, he's such a brilliant man. And uh, he's such a good guy that he he's working on Hutch. And he's, he, he has taught us to help. You know, we have done, you know, some mass cal and some medical training to where we can be an assistance to this man. And apparently he was trying to get me to help, but I was, you know, on autopilot. And they had me sitting there. So apparently I was sitting in this seat while everybody else was getting treated and they had forgotten because I was so quiet and just out of it that I was in the truck. So then it, you know, it clicked and uh, Doc, he, our PA fucking clicked and he went into go mode. He got me up. He fucking started checking me out and he found the dislocation, I believe. Um, and he got my arm patched up and I believe he's the first one that started putting morphine in my system. Uh, then we ended up in Bostick somehow, but I don't know, some magical fucking wartime fairy dust. Poof. We're at Bostick and our first sergeant is there. I do remember talking to him and I was in a sling, you know, I was like, sorry, top, they got us, you know, they, they got, they got it tonight. And uh, then we we loaded up. I got loaded up and was medevac with everybody else. We were all Kesbeck out, flown out. And the reason is because your boy failed his mace test three times in a row. Oof. So the <laughs> mace test, you know, you do your, you know, it's sort of a uh, how you doing, you know. You know, say these words, remember this, you know, sort of like a mental check of where you're at. And it's like a good score is in like the 30s and above, you know, bullshit like that. Anything below 20, you know, you concussed. So so the first one I did, I was at like 28. So bells rung. Second one I did apparently was in the teens. And the next one they did, I it drastically shot down. So your boy was concussed. 
and that's when uh that's when i got put on a gurney or not a gurney fuck a fucking uh litter, litter. yeah and fucking loaded up so we all get shipped out and we're all fucking medevaced out and don't remember but i fucking have no idea and we made it to bagram which is a huge facility and everybody knows bagram now because of the the pullout so we're sitting there and apparently uh now mind you i'm in boots i have my boots on my pants have been cut off and i'm in a tan and i'm in a tan t-shirt apparently when the helicopter landed that was the cue for your boy to get up and walk (laughs) so 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 bird stops you know medic crews rushing out to do fucking medic things you know patch boo-boos and and stuff like that apparently i just started walking past them as they're running through i'm like nope not today boys you know blah 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 still on autopilot i have no fucking clue what i'm doing um and uh so quickly was uh i would say uh detained by the air force medical team (laughs) um and mind you my arm's still fucked up you know that's super sore and apparently i've been plugged with enough morphine that it um i was I was given one more than I would, one more dose than I was supposed to have for my body height and weight because of the amount of pain I was in, but I was still in pain. So even though I was thick, I wasn't allowed any more boo-boo juice. Um, Dang. Which that hurt. That hurt. Yeah. Your boy wanted boo-boo juice. It didn't happen. And um, Not even a morphine lolly? Apparently, uh, uh, no. No, I wasn't allowed any sucker at all. Are you kidding me? Head trauma, dude. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking. So. You do. So I get, uh, we all get loaded up and apparently they got a, they tackled me, put a C collar on, fucking put me on a litter. Uh, I fucking don't know. And some Air Force retard picked me up because they're going from this litter to, you know, a, a fucking their bed so they could wheel me around and the dude apparently lifted me up with the shoulder with my left shoulder oh and from what i'm told is i came across and i hit him across the face i don't know I, this is what i'm told i i really don't know but i know that i was sort of on top of me so i don't move go through the MRIs, CAT scan, or whatever fucking buzz buzz machine they put us through. You know, fucking my head's all fuckered up. You know, my body's all fuckered up. Clark's fucked up. Hutch has now come. Hutch has come too. Oh, God. Um, so he, that is the first time I've seen the sternum rub on a body, on an unconscious body work and fail. Sternum rub, wake up. Stop pass out sternum rub wake up pass out um so hutch was good um and now uh moore and tyler bear are sent to germany i believe because of the compressed spine and their back issues camacho who was not on this joyride to Bagram has a broken rib and was still at 
Foster. And um, we get loaded up. And I don't know if you've seen my, my Purple Heart picture of fucking like, it was like two days after. You know, I'm all standing there all fucking lost. days confused. Tyler Bears, he's laying down because his, his back's fucked up. And we're all sitting there all, you know, fucked up as our division sergeant major and uh, I think the big five, the, the one star was there. They gave us our little fucking medal. So we got the purple bullshit. Um, and so for me, or for myself, Doc and Clarky, we got sent to the TBI clinic in uh, Bagram. So we stayed there for about a month until we can clear. So it took us all an extra month to clear the clinic because Jesus. of how fucked up we were. Um, I think I was better off than both of them. Hutch was rough. Clark was rough. Uh, my injuries were not as much in the dome, but in more of the body. So that, that was my, my issue. And we stayed there for a while. Myself, I believe myself and Clark eventually were able to leave the TBI clinic. I believe, and we went to Bostic to meet our boys. And um, we were not allowed to join the fight again. We were done because, you know, I tried to ask our first sergeant, you know, come on, man, let me back in. It wasn't happening. So we, we came back and we integrated back with the platoon. But uh, during the TBI clinic, it learned some, learned some wild things about the head and your mental ability and your mental capabilities, which was, which was really great. I had to talk to a shrink a couple times. And uh, I asked him, I remember asking him, how fucked up am I? And he had a fake egg on his desk and he just took it and he shook this egg. And then he put it back on his desk. He goes, that's you. <laughs> I was like, holy fuck, man. All right. Just fucking could have just told me I was bad instead of just showing me shaking a fucking egg in my face. Um, <laughs> so, it, you know, funny story. You know, we had uh, a full bird try to talk shit to us. Uh, he didn't know. We we're trying to walk. Now, mind you, we're trying to walk to the defect because we're hungry. All of our clothes are off, right? So we were given... <laughs> wounded warrior t-shirts and civilian shorts and you know they packed our pt shoes you know and we're trying to walk now when i say we're trying to walk as in we're taking baby steps because first after you have head trauma the sun and bright lights are not your friend so we're all you know doing the looking down taking baby steps and hutch still has to use a walker like an old man walker to get around I'm sorry, I'm picturing this. So, so we're fucking, you know, tink, 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 tink. Uh, and, uh, what, you know, we got chewed out. Somebody's trying to talk shit. You know, what the fuck are you doing? Where's your uniform? Blah, blah, blah. We're like, hey, we're, we're in the TBI clinic. And this full bird's like, fuck. Like, he fucked up. You know, he knew. You know, it's, you know that's the first time that I've seen you know, a full bird shit himself in front of a couple of fucking retards. Um, dumbasses, not, not retards. Uh, but uh, so 
He learned to not be a dick. Yeah. um, (laughs) So judge a book by its cover thing. I guess it works. And um, so we're getting through there. And that TBI clinic, man, that was nuts. Uh, We had, I met a kid who was like 19 years old, maybe 20 years old, who has been blown up and shot two or three times already at that appointment. Um, he was in a vehicle that got destroyed and he was describing the moment that his front plate and his back plate both took bullets. Um, he was talking to, talk to us about that. We met, we met a couple guys. We had a Marine, uh, that poor bastard stepped on a toe popper, you know, and uh, that fucked up his foot and uh, it sent his ass somersaulting away from it. But his only injury, he had a, you know, his physical injury was foot. I don't know how much was gone, how much was there, how much was destroyed, but he was in a full boot, you know, and he was crutching around a little mean crutch, little Marine crutch, crutch, you know, little tiny Tim action. Um, uh, he was, he was there. We had a couple guys, um, like this is how it's some of this, how serious this shit is. There's a guy in there who had to get Botox shots like putty shots in a circle around his head every couple of weeks to relieve pressure. Oh, that's like, like there's, there was dudes in there, you know, that were, that were fucked up, man. But it's, and sort of like what you're doing here with this podcast and what I want to do in my future is make people laugh. That's what we did. We made each other laugh. We poked fun at each other, you know, and it brightened everybody's day because that was, that could be a very depressing facility. And it's the dark humor that fucking helped us out. You know, <laughs> the sneaking off to, to go smoke a cigarette because you're sick and tired of hearing a major talk, you know, so you sneak out the back door pretending like you got a piss just so you can smoke and get away from people. You know, it's, it was the funny little bullshit moments that, that got us out of that clinic and, um, and everything like that. So, but getting out of the clinic, uh, doc was not, did not clear. I don't believe, I can't remember. And, um, me and Clark, he made it back to Bostick where we met our first sergeant. You know, the Marble Man was a uh, glorious sight to see, mind you. you know, it, was, it was great seeing him and uh, chatting up, you know, talking to the guys, you know, asking about how everybody's doing. And we come to find out that Pirtle King, you know, the cop we were at and the rest of our platoon is has been getting their ass handed to him the last couple of weeks. We've been away. So I was like, fuck, man. You know, they've been getting hit hard. Um, we're like, fuck, can we go out and help? Right? No. So we had to, we had to sit back, you know, for a couple weeks until, cause this is right at the end of our deployment, man. Like we got, we got blown up like a month and a half out from coming back home. It's like maybe two months from coming back home. Like that's how. That's how late in the game this happened. So, you know, first of all, it's like, fuck no. 
no, it's not happening. You're not doing it. It's like, come on, Tom. He's like, no, man, not happening. You know, so it's like, well, fuck bullshit. You know, because now we're pissed <laughs> because we can't get back in the fight. You know, which he's doing his topply duties, you know, keeping our dumbass from fucking going back out there and getting hurt again. And um, aggravating a brain injury. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, with that being said, man, you know, in the TBI clinic, you know, in the chow hall, you just sit there for as long as you want because nobody will fuck with you because they know what you're there for. And you can eat as much ice cream as you want. <laughs> and there is zero judgment coming your way from everybody in that dining facility. <laughs> so you can just crush whatever fucking ice cream you want that they fucking had. And nobody can say shit because they know why you're there. That was a magical moment. You know, where I could sit there and be like, yeah, I'm crushing this. I'm going back for another bowl. Fuck that. Oh, it's wing. It's it's wings night. Oh yeah, I'm getting fucking a bowl of wings and ice cream. Fuck this. But uh, yeah, that that rounded out that deployment uh, for us. You know, those unfortunately those guys still had a hard time. Um, but through that deployment, there were I want to say on the upper side of thirty purple hearts earned jesus um we unfortunately as you know we had one casualty uh salmons uh fish um unfortunately uh he was an archangel at the time and uh so i know archangel which is now Apache troop or some other bullshit name they changed it mm -hmm. um uh but I know his name is still up there in that troop and and it it's it's good and I know that the squadron does very good for him for his his foundation his 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 stuff for his family and everything like that and the squadron is still holding strong to their traditions um and uh that, that was a rough one it was, yeah, uppers of, I think it was 30 plus Purple Hearts. And so for us in Black Horse, from Purple King and Barrio Live, I had found this out when I went to, when I got moved to Archangel to be a platoon sergeant. Mm -hmm. um, somebody kept logs. So we found all these old fucking documents from that deployment. So I was like, fuck yeah, let's read through them. And it's up in Squadron's uh, wall of fucking their history bullshit now. It, I don't know if it still is, but uh, they did the calculations of how many days of contact we had. But it's easier to count the days we didn't have. So on that deployment, we had 27 days of no contact. And you were there for... <clears throat> the year. A year. Yeah. It was a full year. So, you know, if, to put that in perspective, that's not that's not a lot of days of free time. Jesus. You know, and that so and that's where I earned my corporal stripes. Which I fucking hate the rank of corporal. <laughs> but that's where I started becoming a leader 
and started thinking in that mindset because I had the outstanding leadership in my platoon and so much of my credit for my ability to be a leader, it goes to beans and more um, and Kleiners and Matcha and Clarky and fucking Hutch and those guys and fucking Winnie fucking wink all those fucking dudes like that whole tune was fucking they're fucking rock stars man they were fucking studs they were the fucking if you wanted the a team that's what we were that platoon was the best platoon i was ever in um we fought we fucking we fought we cried together we fucking laughed together fucking it was a magically fucking sadistic brutally violent platoon to be a part of that literally set the bar you know in my eyes and that's and I can't you know I can't think of anything any other thing to describe that platoon those dudes were fucking solid he went on that dude went on to take command in an infantry company and he kept doing fucking great things fucking more became a first sergeant and fucking kept leaning leading fucking warriors and shit like that fucking beans is off doing his fucking his shit out in fucking florida you know so many guys are so, doing so many fucking great things you know and um like that that whole platoon man that's the only thing that sucks is probably i don't talk to everybody as much as I probably should and probably we should, but that is, if I ever got a call from any of those dudes, like I'm, you know, and and they needed help, you know, I've missed, unfortunately I've missed Hutch play in his band a couple of times because I had relatives over. Um, But uh, that motherfucker is a musical genius. And fucking he's going places with his family. You know, that that whole fucking squad was amazing. Um, But uh, you always look back at it now, you know, with the reference from uh, Fury, you know, best job I ever had. Like, that's the best platoon I ever had. So those dudes were top notch. And the only reason we made it out of that deployment without losing anybody permanently was because of the leadership we had and and how those guys took care of us. And that's what I tried to pass on to you fuckers <laughs> when I became a leader, you know, because I saw what right was, you know, and I saw what wrong leadership was before in my career. And this point in my career, I've seen what actual leadership was from my first sergeant, you know, down. So that's those guys, those guys were the truth. Um, I couldn't think of any other group I would want to go do that with again. Damn. No. So what's, what's your take there, fucking host? Uh, I mean... That that was a lot to listen to and digest, and that's a fucking long ass episode, dude. It is my bad. 
no i mean that's it's perfect that's i mean you got everything in there and that's i wanted people to hear you know the fucking the hilarious dark shitty side of it all like the fact that you're sitting there telling me about how yeah we both looked like a bunch of fucking crippled ass little bitches and had a dude sit there trying to make fun of us and we just were like fuck you i'm just like and you're laughing about it i'm just like yeah that's that's what the army teaches you you just laugh at the terrible shit because it helps you get through the fucking day yeah it's you know remembering shit like that man puts so much in perspective it really does and it's if you can't laugh and you can't make fun of somebody and you can't let somebody make fun of you you know something's wrong you know it's it's you gotta there's a give and take in everything talk shit get talk shit too get humbled a little bit and fucking have some fun with it because i look back at so many of the moments and i just can't fucking help but laugh like goddamn what the fuck (laughs) you know it's yeah man we're hitting that two hour mark yeah i mean yeah my bad but i yeah i wanted you to get everything out i wanted you to be done when you were done yeah no it's uh thanks for the i know um when we talked about you doing this podcast this is that was one of your goals you know you wanted somebody to you know, you want combat vets to talk about experiences, you know, I, you know, and it's, you know, it's it, the experiences, what I had and what I perceived. Um, so I love to hear, you know, other guys, you know, try to get other guys from that platoon to hear this and, you know, Hey man, did I fuck this up? Did I not remember this right? Because, you know, my memory <laughs> is fucking gone. So, you know, hook me up, dude. Um, and we but, now know uh, why. Yeah, check. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Yep, kid went boom. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's I look back now and just giggle. You know, you can't do anything else. Can't change, won't change. <clears throat> so fucking, you're one, still one alive. foot in front of the other. Facts. And I mean, in this you know career set that people chose and volunteered for i mean that's like the best that you can hope for whenever you do get those deployments is that you come back yeah and i'm not and if because i know your 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 goal for this podcast is to reach both you know or the active duty the veteran and the civilian populace you know I, i understand that and this this talking about this was not the the intention is not to scare uh it's it's the exactly and and the path and the military career you know it is it is one that i was i'm not able or i was not able to continue because i got medically retired you know because of injuries um but it's it's a good path man you know whatever branch you choose i you know, other than the Space Force, I have no fucking clue what those clowns do. But, 
you know, from, you know, hearing stories from my parents, you know, buddies that I have that were in the Marines. Yeah, shit sucks. But the people you meet, man, is, is amazing. So it's, yeah, it's, that was a shitty year. Yeah, check. But I spent a shitty year with a fucking outstanding group of dudes. So, you know, yeah, I got it. It, This, this is not intended to scare or, you know, you know, have, you know, any other reaction other than this is what happened, you know, and um, those were the outcomes, you know, and it's, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. Oh, well, I definitely will have to uh, listen back through to this uh, whole entire episode. That way, uh, later on this week, we can do our uh, post-discussion on everything that you've talked about so far. And then, you know, whenever we do the third part of your uh, uh, biography with... uh... (laughs) Oh, God. You have... It's another Afghan deployment, right? I do. And then... Meeting us, it, me and Seaway, and the yes. the fun Papa Bear times. Yes, yes. <laughs> and then you know we'll get we'll get to talk about future and you know I can you know we can start talking about Private Recon. Oh, I am so excited to talk about Private Recon. But yes, he will be co- coming up soon. Hopefully, hopefully that. Oh, I just can't wait. I'm excited. <laughs> Because that the the one video that you do have just made me laugh so much. <laughs> yeah, it's and and that's pretty much what started it, you know. So Private Recon's sort of become a little kind of a little bit of an icon, dude. He he he, he gained some traction with, with some folks. But yeah. Uh, anyways, um, yeah. Thank you for sharing your uh, deployment story with me yeah absolutely and yeah for everybody listening that made it this far to hear me you know run my fucking mouth for two hours you know (laughs) you know you know tip my hat to y'all um god damn it's a long time to hear me fucking run my mouth but uh you know if you got fucking something to say or questions or anything like that hit up the host with the most you know and if you got questions fucking down to answer you know conversations you know spark them up fucking i'm here and um and uh the host with the most is you know he'll he'll do what he needs to to get a hold of me and answer the questions and he can answer them for me or if you want me back on i'll fucking run my gums a little bit <laughs> we'll fucking try on man hell yeah all right so this was uh part two of the uh sergeant base drop the base story and god it's it's a lot to hear like even for someone who was in the military but never deployed but still you know was in and i've heard shit it's still a lot to you know digest so i hope those of you who made it this far you take it in just be informed of the stuff that, you know, these dudes went through. 
the fucked up, the hilarious, the dark and everything in that. Just keep that in mind. Like, that's just shit that fucking dudes went through on, no, what, like almost every two years or so. Some dudes deployed, some dudes deployed every six months. You're, you're in, you're in, you're out, baby. That's how it was. So just, you know. And there was guys, there was guys before me that were knocking out eighteen month rounds. Oh fuck! So it's you know those early pushes were fucking those dudes, the OGs and the fucking, the uh, GWAT, you know those guys, man. Those guys, 15, 18 month fucking rotations. That's those are the dudes that fucking that that really earned everything that they stood for. Damn right. Holy fuck. Anyways, um, this has been a Smoke Shack moment. I hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, again, don't forget the social media at, uh, you know, Instagram, Facebook, the Smoke Shack podcast. Don't forget that. the. And again, if you have stories to share or questions uh, on the stories that we've had shared so far, you know, just send an email to the smoke shack podcast at gmail.com. We'll definitely do uh, episodes here and there that aren't, you know, random tidbits, you know, just answering whatever it is that you guys send in uh, base. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me again. Of course. And to all of you out there listening in, thank you. And we'll see you around at the smoke shack. Bye.